Welcome to Dunderroll. Our first adventure, Unwritten Shanties, takes place in the Sunken Isles. The Sunken Isles is a tropical archipelago adventure that takes our player characters, or PCs, from level 1 to 20. The PCs will level up after each in-game week, making the transition of the story from low-level play to high-level play rather swift. Furthermore, in the world of the Sunken Isles, there is no real currency system, so there is a greater emphasis on resource gathering and downtime activities like crafting and bartering. Lastly, this particular game, as we are a group of individuals that love tabletop RPGs, is using the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition rule set with some of our own house rules added in. Edward Bellamy was a 5'8", deep sea-green tiefling with a shaggy head of thick Essex-green hair that falls as it wishes over an easy-going face. His eyes were deep-set, casting shadows over his navy blue eyes, betraying a sense of threat to an otherwise grinning face. He was lean, somewhat sinewy from his time at sea, with a swimmer's body. Perpetual stubble decorated his jaw and upper lip, seemingly regardless of whether or not he'd woken late or even shaved earlier that same day. He carried himself with a casually swaying gait, often attributed to his familiarity with walking on the deck of a ship. His arms and hands move with fluid grace, often as important to his speech throughout various gestures as his own voice was. His upper right and lower left canine were gold and silver, respectively catching the light when caught in direct sunlight, which was often due to his easy smiles. He dressed in a standard open-chest white shirt and a long purplish frock coat with black and red striped trim. His pants were charcoal black and extended only about three-quarter down his calf, while his feet were often bare, save for when he is forced to go ashore. His fingernails are shaped into gentle points and his horns, curled like the rams, were well manicured and oily nearly as dark as his hair, with faint whitish stripes ingrained along the length. Very similar to wood grain. And in his hand, always, you would find a seaweed green, leather-bound book. Revan is a 6'4 silver dragonborn, with large, ornate silver horns protruding from the front of his head, creating large, tall arcs and descending down the back of his head and neck. His horns are adorned with a light amount of jewelry, mostly piercings. His eyes are a deep light blue and flicker constantly, matching the undertones of his scale color. His overwhelming cheerful demeanor conceals his adept skill at survival as well as martial prowess. He is large and muscular, but still agile and deceptively dexterous. He holds himself in an extremely carefree manner. Sometimes, absent-minded about his surroundings, he tends to nudge things with his large body. He wears a skin-tight leather coat that slightly mimics the color of his body. The front of it holds an image of a dragon. It is, in his kind, a version of regality. Over top that, he wears a long, flowing cerulean and gold tunic. His pants were long and covered down to his feet. He always walked on the balls of his feet, but his nails were trimmed purposefully 
for quick and agile movements. Arhal was known as a great warrior who stood about six foot tall, weighed between 215, 220 pounds on a good day. She's a half-orc, half-human barbarian with burnt orange skin. She has a scar on the left side of her face that goes from the corner of her eye down through the middle of her cheek, about halfway close to the ear. She is also adorned with great body art, which look like traditional tribal tattoos that go from the bottom lip across down her neck, across her shoulders, down both arms, top of the chest, and most of her back. It has been said that while in combat, a bluish-white glow emanated from her tattoos, contrasting off of her burnt orange skin. Arha's dark brown hair is shaved on both sides with one long braid going down the middle. Decorating her left shoulder is a leather harness that extends the full length of her arm, along with cloth bottoms and fur boots. Despite her appearance, those who knew Arha found her to be humorous, cheerful, and an extremely reliable and fierce comrade. Come gather round and listen to what others call shanties, but what we call history. I should tell a great tale of strife and adventure. We will start with the eruption that began everything. This is the story of Edward Bellamy, Revan Moradelian, and Arha. An unlikely group of, of individuals taking a break from their usual, we'll say, job of treasure hunting in or around the city of Mikulth, the largest city on the biggest of the Isles of Menaki. The reason they've earned this well-earned break is the Gathering Festival. It is a week-long festival that over the course of ten days celebrates the joining of the two cultures that inhabit Mikulf, those of the Menaki people and Ikolf people. There were feasts, competitions, recounts of history through storytelling, reverence and rituals held for the spirits, great celebration, and of course, fabulous dancing. With the city's population doubling from its usual 600 people, they don't always run into everybody, but there are some key figures that stand out in the Kulf that they do happen upon. Alo, a Menaki native, who's the resident doer of odd jobs, and tattoo artist, Charlie Monster, an eccentric retired gnome adventurer who is happy to recount his tales to any and all who will listen. He was Revan and Arha's old roommate, until they happily moved out and joined Bellamy. Old Man Hani, an older Monarchian native who enjoyed fishing. So much so, he came across his wife, Ahuani, while he was fishing. They fell in love and were married. And their daughter, Una Una, is the only half-Kia'i of the Isles. Andrew of Alondero the half-orc that works the smithy in the village. Thorsten, an Ikolf who operates a traveling forge and was in town for the festival. 
Joseph and Kalena. Joseph is an older human that traveled to the Isles with the first wave of merchants. He is the butcher of the town. He married Kalena, who is the resident tanner or leather worker in the town. Both are older and they have three children, Samantha, Kimo, and Kini. Joseph is also Revan's mentor in butchering. Hello, Kai. He's the lead carpenter of the village. He's enjoying a relaxing week from work because he usually has tons of large projects to do. Due to his lack of motivation for teaching his apprentices, leaving him to do all of the bigger projects. There are a number of farmers and fishermen coming and going from the village on any particular day. One of the most notable fishermen is Bjorn, who is an Ikol settler. That is a third-generation fisherman who specializes in catching fish with his hand. The rumor is he can turn it into a harpoon and strike with deadly efficiency. Bohaku is a half-Ikolf woman who is in charge of the mine. She, in fact, was the only miner of the village and was happy to be among the people for the festival and not miles away at the mine. The accounts are a little skewed about the names of the four older ladies who did a majority of the weaving in the town, but yes, there were weavers here weaving plenty of baskets and tapestries. Olaf is a Monaki native who is known for his odd behavior, his strange plants in his garden, and his ability to enchant items. Imbala, the eldest Ikolf storyteller in the village. She strangely always knew where people were, despite being completely blind. And she always would show up in different parts of Mekolf on the same carpet. Kiawe, the eldest Menaki storyteller. He tended to be more carefree and lighthearted. But there were times when he was serious and sometimes expressed his strange view of the isle. My grandfather tells me he was a truly gifted man when it came to the ability to tell a story. The first day of the festival. The story was told by a Menaki native of how the star breather created the isles, and the storyteller described it as if the star breather was an artist who painted the isles into existence. At the end of the story, the storyteller raised her arms and swiped them down, darkening the sky, and in an instant, everything around them was illuminated by the spirit offerings of everyone in attendance. Bellamy's spirit took the shape of a cuttlefish, Revan's the shape of a flying dragon, and Arha's the shape of her mother's face. Honoring the spirits both animated, like the offerings here, or plants, or sentient beings, or the weather, or inanimate, like the volcano mountain spirit, Kadar, that flanks the storyteller in the distant, were important because the isles were so rife with magic. Magic tends to take unique shapes depending on the wielder and the ritual being performed. Sometimes the magic could spiral out of control and affect the people wielding it in odd ways. The people of the Isles refer to these as raw magic outbursts. The second day, the story told in the village was about the arrival of the Ikolf people 
in the archipelago and how they searched for new life, wealth, and peace. Once the story was finished, there were a number of competitions that were held. A swimming competition in which Arha and Bellamy both participated in. Bellamy winning, receiving a dagger, and Arha coming in fourth. In the hunting competition, Revan came in second and afterwards helped prepare the catches for the feast that day. Arha participated in a wrestling competition and finished in third, presumably because she was tired from the swimming competition. There was another small feast in the afternoon with dancing and celebrating well into the night. However, in the middle of the night, Bellamy was visited in his dreams by a large, blue-scaled creature that reminded him of an eel, and as it swam through the starry sky of his dreams, it turned towards him and dove with its mouth open and hissed at him, protect them, as it devoured him, causing him to start awake. 